I'm going to miss you. I know. I'll walk the rest of the way myself. I can't go off on a secret mission in the company of the most famous dwarf in the city. Ferris! The most famous dwarf in the world. Yep, that's about how I felt after this episode. <laughs> I think we have to jump right in, into this one because people have strong feelings. They're all knotted up <laughs> inside of them. <laughs> that's one way to put it, I guess. We like only have two episodes remaining. I, I read a few things. How could we have this episode this close to the finale of the season? The whole season's been building up, and then what? We get talking intense. Pitchforks, pitchforks, burn, 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 fire, brimstone, everything. Sounds like a bad nursery rhyme. Well, it was it was improvised. My skills are lacking. Do you still feel that way after a few days have passed now and you've watched the episode a few more times? You know, I I have I have watched it once more and I have to say, no, it didn't bother me at all. What I ended up liking the most were those moments that we don't get in other episodes, which are those characters talking where you just don't know where they're going, right? And Jamie and and, and uh, Edmure, for instance, that was kind of a weird long conversation re- watching the first time because you're like, okay, where is this going? You look back at now and you're like, it actually took me back to earlier seasons when they weren't trying to scuttle the plot along so massively uh, everywhere. And you could have these characters, you couldn't even, unless you'd read the books, you didn't know where the conversations were going, what the weight of them was going to be, how certain conversations were going to influence these characters. You know, it's kind of, I mean, in that way, it's a, it's more of a throwback. And I'm, I've am i been complaining that the the show is too, you know, speeding up in, a, in everywhere we go. Uh, and and so, it, it actually struck me as odd uh, earlier in the week that I was feeling a little bit more negative because honestly I, I like the fact that they can just throw these characters together and make fun or enjoyable scenes out of them i don't know that, that my perspective has changed all that much on rewatching the episode but i did have a chance to read uh, a number of different things some people's thoughts and and even um hearing directly from um mark Millad, who who wrote the episode right he directed the episode he directed i'm sorry he directed the episode and you know some of the things that had bothered me number one was the the taking of river run and how simplistic it was or or it seemed to be uh but i i will say i did really enjoy what you all pointed out on the last episode that we did which was you know it was really with the exception of blackfish a violent free taking of a place in this world which we very very rarely see and given what is coming in the episode this week, you know it's it's a it's it's a departure from what we're normally used to. It's more of a strategic gameplay that involves less physical violence. But going to the point of having a character as iconic as the Blackfish, as revered throughout the Seven Kingdoms, go down in the way that he did, I did take a little bit away from what Mark had to say, and. He, in an interview, said, 
in the case of the Blackfish, it was really a storytelling call. What do we gain from showing his death? The most important tonal story would be, at least for me, and I can probably speak for the writers here, to show the passing of this great old school warrior with a real warrior's death, a kind of samurai death. So, you know, I can I can appreciate that. You know, you don't need to see it on screen. And, and just given the type of episode that this was, you don't need to see a sword being shoved through the guy's back, right? Uh, I think that would probably have cheapened it in many people's eyes even more than it already has been. But I I just, I don't know what it is about this episode. I saw a lot going through people's owns that this just, for, for whatever reason, it just didn't do it for them. Do you think maybe expectations have been heightened because of yes. how stellar season six has been? Yeah, yeah I mean, absolutely. Look, look at Hold the Door and look at Broken Man even from last week. Those seem to be really resounding with people a whole heck of a lot. And this episode isn't as much. I will say to Eric's point, though, and, and this is something that I said on Sunday or earlier in the week was there was a lot of really great conversations that we got to have in this episode, like Jamie and Edmure and the Hound um, with those all those men that he ended up butchering um and it did feel like an older like an old school episode of game of thrones almost to me which i really really liked and i think that there were a lot of issues with blackfish with aria which we could go on and on about um with maybe what may or may not be happening in marine but i i think that i think that it's okay to feel negative or a little bit negative about an episode right i think some listeners said that we sounded despondent and some emails that we got well Maybe we did. I, I and I don't. I agree with Hannah. I, I don't think that it's it's wrong to not really like an episode. I mean, there are things about other episodes that we've discussed over the course of of the first eight weeks of this season, and there comes a time every once in a while where there's an episode where, from start to finish, maybe you don't really like what you see, and I think that's okay. I think that it's fair. You know, it's it's one it's one of ten. Uh, but I don't, I don't, I don't want to completely put aside everything that happened in this episode. And, and I do think Zach, you raised a great point when you said, does it have to do with the fact that season six has been built up so much with other things that have preceded it? I think that's true. I think you, you're not going to get everything that you're looking for every single episode. And that's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that. I'm, I'm okay going into the, to the, what is, traditionally been the biggest episode of each season the way we are right now and the interview with this episode's director a lot of explanation was given toward the actions and the choices surrounding what was done with Ari's storyline some people think and i know a lot of you listening may think this uh, certainly a lot of you have written in to speak up on this with the current environment that we're in with adaptation surpassing a book that we are eagerly awaiting do you think that there's a possibility this is something that was maybe kept. Maybe this is something the showrunners conceded in changing, not only for the liquidity of what's going to be on screen for the general audience, but also for the overall majesty of A Song of Ice and Fire. Do you think George is writing a different Bravos for Arya Stark? I think so. Were you suggesting that the show is doing something that's a little bit more straightforward, a little bit more quickly wrapped up than what would appear in the books? Not only for the sake of the television show. Right. I think so. I don't think that that's Georgia. an unfair. Yeah. I don't yeah. think that that's an unfair thing to say. I think that you look at two separate mediums and the story is going to need to be told differently. Um, I think that 
that's also the beauty and the fact that we get this in a book form and also in the TV form for the first time, if that makes sense. And so I definitely think that there's less time that we have with the TV series. And so things are going to have to be told in a different way, in a condensed way. I, and we'll find out what those actual changes are when we get the rest of the book series. But um, mm-hmm. I think that also can lead to some of the disappointment, I guess, that some people are feeling that we're feeling with with storylines that we have been so invested in for so long being wrapped up in a way that's not satisfying to us on screen. Not only that, but very succinctly, very quickly, right? There's, mm-hmm. there, it seems like some of these storylines in a split second are over and clearly it's moving toward the end game, but I just don't want to feel, you know, as I go back and start to reread through Feast for Crows and Dance with Dragons and then Into the Winds of Winter and beyond that I've been cheated on story because the show is trying to get to its end point. That that's my only concern. For hardcore fans of the series, this is the first time they've seen this is the only way so far that they're able to see the resolution of what Arya Stark is doing with the House of Black and White and with this Order of Assassins. Right. I mean, perhaps it's just it's the downside of not knowing what will happen. Uh, there's the upside in that we get to continually be surprised by things like Hodor's true origins going into the season. Uh, you know, we couldn't even predict what was going to happen next with certain things. And now I think it, it might be just a source for anxiety or when things don't go exactly the way we were thinking they would. It becomes, you know, a situation where we're confused and or, you know, reacting to uh, in a different way than than would otherwise be positive. The same could be said for Daenerys' storyline with Marine, because that was also in a way, I wouldn't say tied up, but we're given a, a pretty heavy signpost in the direction of the way that it will go. She does arrive when the masters are invading, at least. Yeah. And I mean, like in another she's got I mean, her Dothraki army can't be far away. They're going to need to be housed and quartered. And I would have loved to have seen, you know, the streets of Marine just packed person to person, uh, which we may still get. Uh, she hasn't left yet. So there's that. But this is our first question of the week, which I'll read it. It says the show's Mirani's not is what it is. What will Daenerys do in Essos before sailing to Westeros? Will the Greyjoys have time to land in Marine? Given her reunion with Drogon and the burning of the Dothraki calls, will these events impact how she fights against the slavers. How? Burn them all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but not the ships. Yeah, see, that's yeah. that's the trick, right? Is that Daenerys could benefit a hundredfold from, if not a thousandfold, from those ships staying intact and not being damaged in any way. So could the Greyjoys sail in, take these ships, seize them, and then you have... You know, I don't. I don't know what the number is, but you have a pretty massive fleet now that you would be able to utilize and sell back to Westeros with. Because Asha didn't have enough in the first place, but this kind of rounds that out a little bit. If that's what happens, doesn't it? But are we expecting next week's episode, Battle of the Bastards, to be kind of a bottle episode that contains most of that battle, or do you think that there will be development on other ends? I think so. I, I think you're looking at a Blackwater type of episode, a, mm-hmm. a a Watchers on the Wall type of episode where you're there the whole time, right? It's there's there's no departure from 
where this battle is taking place, you know, you'll get sequences of discussion between different characters prior to the actual battle itself, and then you'll have a full-on battle. I don't see it cutting away. Uh, I could be wrong, but just based on the preview, it looks like you're, you're headed for a full episode of bastards battling each other. When I'm, I'm excited to that, yeah, like for them to sustain that for 50-odd minutes the way that they've done before. Those episodes are always some of the best, I think. And I do think the fallout from that we'll see in the finale, and we know the finale is, what, 69 minutes long? So, <sighs> given everything else that needs to be wrapped up for this season and, or untied and that, <laughs> untied maybe uh in the east in the west all over the place i think that uh yeah i think you're looking at a full battle episode and then and you have the resolution of of all these other plot lines or who knows there could be some cliffhangers uh that would be nice i mean they gave us a pretty big one last season i don't know if they could top that but uh if episode nine is dedicated mostly to actions in the north this question what we're asking what is daenerys actually going to do in essos and this is us saying that she's going to leave by the end of season six what will she do because it seems like she has to do that now within one episode or maybe an episode and a quarter yeah will will she try and lay down uh some form of government or will she say this is fucked and anyone who loves me can come with me uh, essentially leaving <laughs> leaving their home because it, it the situation is just so out of hand now. You know, D- Tyrion's idea didn't work. The slavers are coming to get theirs. Uh, it seems like a good time to leave, really. Um, but she owes it. Would be my line of thinking to the people who you just couldn't ask certain people to leave their home. You know, where they've lived forever, even if it wasn't in chains. Uh, I think she has a responsibility to these people. She's their Misa to try and lay down a, a, some form of government. But, you know, she's already tried that and they've blocked it at every step and people are dying. And frankly, you know, if she stays there too long, she won't have enough people, uh, you know, to go and take Westeros. So she might cut yeah. her losses, but I think she'll regret it. Duck and cover on Watchers. The response to this question said, the question really should be, is Danny actually going to sail to Westeros this time? This was something she's been saying she'd do since season one, and we haven't seen anything come from it. She hasn't learned anything beyond your way isn't the right way, Khaleesi. And here's all the historical proof as to why. But her response is, how about I do it anyway? (laughs) Um, Which I think is an interesting question. So it's like you were saying, we have all of these things still in Marine that we need to untie or tie up um, with with the people who are living there and is Danny actually going to try to do something do about it know? or is she just going to leave West leave for us? I, I, mean, I don't think we need to resolve personally. Like I don't care at the end of the day. Like, <laughs> I, I don't think it needs Fuck to be Marie. resolved. I think it's, a, I think it's a mess, right? Every city she's gone to Karth, uh, Astapor, young Kai Marine, she's left a mess in her wake. And now I think the bigger question is what makes you think she's fit to rule Westeros? Other than the claim that she says that she has, she has proven an inability to lead in many capacities or I shouldn't say an inability to lead an inability to rule and rule effectively. And I think that's part of her dilemma. I'm more interested in her as a weapon against the threat from the north, which I think that she can be very effective. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But she has a whole boatload of newfound support. Remember the moment between Varys and Tyrion before they left, their idea with the town criers and the red priestesses have has worked. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure 
how much that will mean because it looks like we only have a couple episodes if if she leaves at the end of this season. Does right. she leave Tyrion? I mean, do, does she leave somebody back to rule in her stead? I mean, not that he did a great job while she was away, but right, right. I mean that that could have been a setup, you know, a little bit of a test on on her part. Uh, obviously, she didn't mean to disappear, but you know. Th- this could be the groundwork for him because he's not going to be welcome back in Westeros, at least in King's Landing, for the time being. And I know he would be coming with Daenerys, but you have to think that he's still a wanted man and he's not safe. If King's Landing is burned to the ground. Right, it won't matter. Or if whatever <laughs> is going to happen ends up being as crazy as we think it's, I don't know. There's That's true, though. No, you're right. Mm. I, I think it's time, though. I, I think it's time for her to make her plan and to begin sailing back to Westeros. She has the Greyjoy fleet, which looks like it's going to be at her disposal. Uh, she has Dario. She has her Kalasar. She has all these people that have followed her. She has the Unsullied, the Second Sons. Like, let's go. Like, it's yeah, time. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that the Greyjoys are going to come up in the nick of time, and that's going to be Danny's cue to really trust them. And... Then they're going to take whatever other ships are left and get out of there. I see the I see us ending this season with Danny on her way to Westeros. I, and I, I don't think Tyrion would pass up an opportunity to get back uh, at his family, not to his family, but at his family. Right? There's still some unresolved with the tension. Queen. <laughs> yeah, there's there's still some unresolved tension there, uh, which would be fun to see if Cersei makes it out of uh, this alive. If Jaime makes it out of this season alive. Uh, it would be nice to see a little Lannister reunion, short-lived, of course. Can you imagine Cersei seeing Tyrion fly in on a dragon? Yeah. <laughs> I think a, a lot of us were hoping for more Tyrion dragon plot yes. this yeah. season. Well, this is something I feel like another issue I had with this episode is Tyrion's characterization in my mind has kind of been diminished to yeah. his weird jokes. And so I I would hope that he doesn't get left behind in Marine. Um, and that he is able to come to Westeros if for no other reason than to continue to be the smart guy we know he is instead of this joke maker. <laughs> he know. is a, no. Well, he's always been a joke maker. I know he is. Yeah. I know. He, I know. I know. But I feel like that that's all he's become this season. And so I don't want him well, to say that Well, this season, way. I feel like you can do with a little humor, right? <laughs> And there was a lot in this so. episode. <laughs> Why don't we take over Dorne and, and put Tyrion in charge of all the Dornish vineyards? Oh. Decree number one. He could have a whole vineyard for him's delight. <laughs> him's delight. I was just going like to say. It. I think it's a good point, though, about the dragons, because we're forgetting that there's still two more of them, and they've been released. And And I wonder how Danny is going to react to knowing that Tyrion was able to walk into that lair and unchain them. Without any repercussion whatsoever. Will we have time for that conversation? I I think so. I mean, remember back, I guess we're going all the way back to last season, which is crazy, but just the fact that you had dialogue between these two characters, they're sitting there, they're talking about their plans. I think there is time for that. And there should be if there's not. They really have to make time. For something like that, Take I think. Take time to talk dragon. Yeah, we had a lot of chit-chat this episode, so. <laughs> I'm less bummed out with the Myrnae storyline if we if we get a lot of... I mean, that would be a perfect thing to in- inject into episode 10, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, all the Myrnae... Like, you know, like, all like the stuff, the fight, all of it. I think it'd be cool. Well, yeah. I mean, you, you know, people think that, oh, well, you know, what do you think about 
Game of Thrones, oh, you know, lots of really badassery, uh, lots of great badassery, good battles, great one-liners. But Thrones also has a, a real heart to it. And these character interactions, like we saw in episode eight, but also as we've known, gods, I was strong. You know, we're all <laughs> just so moving. And, and we, they have always in the past taken time where it's been needed and even sometimes where it's not to show us what's in our characters' heads through a conversation. Um, I, I don't think they're likely to stop, uh, now doing that. And I mean, Danny, Danny and Tyrion having not seen each other in a little while. Are due for that kind of conversation hmm. while they're violently burning the masters. Yeah, 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 yeah. While they're at the barbecue, is that what we think? Because that was in the question. Do you think that she's gonna have a political hand in this, or do you think she's just gonna just fuck everything and wipe the slate clean before she leaves? I think she's gonna wipe the slate clean before she leaves. There may not be a marine to inherit <laughs> for her enemies to inherit. I should say. Is she going to burn all of Marine, but not the ships? I mean, I don't think so. <laughs> that would be really skillful. She would burn the so. city. No, no, no. Like I, I said, so. culture, right? Centuries of people who live there. And yeah, I mean, they're probably going to have to make, they're probably going to be on their own, though. She's going to give everybody under her command another choice. Like, okay, here's, here's where I'm leaving. And, you know, probably not a provincial government in place. Um, so you can try your luck here or come with me and full respect, you know? But you don't think I, that she's going to leave somebody in power. I, I just don't know who it would be. I would love her to die. I don't either, but I, I think Kaleen. somebody does. You know what, then? Maybe, uh, is it, so it's Astapor, Yunkai, and Marine are the three big pillars of Slaver's Bay. Is that it? Mm-hmm. She's going to yep. send a dragon to each of them to burn them. That's why there's three. Yeah. That would be the ultimate mic drop, I think. Uh, have Drogon, you know, send, send her dragons to the corrupt cities that are attacking them inform them casually hey your cities while you were here where you shouldn't have been are now ash and uh you can leave or i'm gonna kill you actually leave your ships and walk back fuck this i've made the walk it's not that bad <laughs> um you know i i think that would be really badass and, and danny's consistently badass so i think we have that to look forward to yeah i i think that you she has to make a decision by the end of the season where she wants to go. And I think that it's time for her to head West. I, I just, I, I truly believe that. I, like I said, I think that with everything that she has now accomplished, she, you know, she, she went back to, to go forward. Right. And then by going to bias Dothrak, she's destroyed as many cows as is possible in one burning. And, I just, I feel like the time is now, right? I don't know how much more story there is to develop in Marine. Mm -hmm. I think the Greyjoys will play a part in this, but I think that she has assembled her army now and she just needs the means possible to head across the narrow sea and take Westeros. And that could be in any number of ways. I'm interested to see who she, you know, builds alliances with. You know, Varys seems to be an integral part of of who she may He's be able interested. to. He team walked up away. With. <laughs> yeah. No, I. He never walks away. <laughs> let's let's be real, Eric. No, he saunters away. away. Sorry. Yeah, spins away. There you go. <laughs> but I think you know he is a loyal Targaryen supporter. If, that that's been made clear now. That is clear. Yeah. And I think that he is going to be up to his old tricks in terms of being the master of whispers and 
finding ways to let people know that Danny is on her way back and how she can, you know, ally with certain families that, that are back in, in Westeros. That's just what I think. Theon, Tyrion, Daenerys on a ship together. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Yara. But one of them is going to die. Yeah. Too bad Eerie and Jiqui aren't around anymore. That would be an interesting scene. <laughs> that would be a crew. Is Varys headed to Dorne or is Varys headed to the epilogue of A Dance mm. with Dragons? Mm. I think... Why, why is Dorne an option? Because well, of something in the because of the books. In the books. I mean, yeah, in the books. Still yeah. major strongholds. But I, I would say I could see him fulfilling the role that he fulfills in, in the epilogue of A Dance with Dragons. But... I could also see other characters uh, taking his place. Like Kyburn. Like a Kyburn, like a Franken Mountain. Mm. Eric's got the inside info on Kyburn. Tell us what you know. Kyburn, uh, you may see a. If, if, okay, if you're in a little town near you uh, and you pass by a certain shop on any time between the 23rd and 28th of the month, there may be a little, there may be a little sign up. Uh, it's, it's typical. It'll say, you know, um, gone fishing and, uh, but with as many cues as you can possibly fit into gone, gone fishing. Please write this and, fanfic, uh, Eric. You yeah, owe it and, to the world. And it's because, uh, the proprietor of that store, Kyvern's Candy Corner, check it out on Facebook, <laughs> uh, will be busy, uh, at the time of the finale. We'd like to take this moment and once again, thank Loot Crate for sponsoring another episode of this podcast. Loot Crate is a monthly subscription box service for epic geek and gamer items and pop culture gear. For less than $20 a month, you get four to eight items that include licensed gear, apparel, collectibles, unique one-of-a-kind items, and more. Make sure to head to LootCrate.com slash owns, that's O-W-N-S, and enter code owns to save $3 on any new subscription. Loot Crate is more than just a subscription service. It's an entire community of fans that share their experience and interact with each other around the unboxing of each month's crate. Every month is a different theme, and all items are curated around that theme. And they guarantee $40 or more in value in every crate. Previous crates have included items from franchises like Star Wars, Marvel, The Walking Dead, The Legend of Zelda, and many more. Did you see that new Legend of Zelda trailer, Micah? I heard about it. I haven't seen it yet, though. You need to watch it. Pop culture is full of brave new worlds and societies in flux that don't always turn out for the best. June's theme will be exploring some of the ways things can go wrong with dystopia. Featuring classics Robocop, Terminator 2 Judgment Day, and The Matrix, and new faves Bioshock Infinite and Fallout 4, we've got a figure, cool collectibles, and of course, our dystopterific monthly tea. Remember, you only have until the 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific to subscribe and receive that month's crate. And when the cutoff happens, that's it. It's over. So go to LootCrate.com slash owns and enter code owns to save $3 on your new subscription today. Thanks to Loot Crate for sponsoring another episode of this podcast. Thanks, Loot Crate. Well, let's be real, though. We know we know Hannah wants to talk about Jamie. And <laughs> I feel jaw. that. If she can't talk about Sansa, she talks about Jamie. I'll talk about Jamie's jaw. I don't care. 
Yeah, come on, guys. <laughs> his I mean, job. I noticed his job this episode. <laughs> Conveniently, our second question that we asked on Watchers is a Jamie question. That wasn't says, convenient. That was set up. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's convenient. Which Textbook. Jamie is the current, actually real Jamie? Did he lie to Edmure and us all? Jamie lie? I'd like to believe that Jamie's really genuinely the good person that he presented to Brienne. Because it, no matter what he said to Edmure, all the words came to him very easily. Whereas with Brienne, they didn't come so easily. So I tend to believe that that's the real Jamie. Um, because when you're in love and, you know, don't know what to say or think or do, that's, that's more close <laughs> to the form real you. Can't form coherent senses. Can't form coherent senses. Heart he is lie, pounding he can, so fast. He, he can lie through his teeth about being this horrible person who's going to, uh, rip people in half until he gets back to his sister. And I'm sure there's a part of him that seeing the end, you know, seeing the light at the end of the tunnel of this siege, uh, is, is able to, you know, feel the desire to get back to his sister whom is not in you know safe hands at the moment but ultimately i think that's all a front or rather you know part of the truth whereas more of the truth is he's thrilled to uh have essentially the outcome that talking to edmure resulted in which was no bloodshed it worked um, and I, yeah, yeah it worked i think that something that i love about jamie and that we all love about jamie is that he's pretty morally gray most of the time and so we're never quite sure i mean that's why questions like this come about but i think that he definitely in his conversation with edmure is playing up his kingslayer reputation to get what he wants because i think that a lot of people see him how he is on the surface level which is a kingslayer or someone who sleeps with his sister or a murderer when i think that he's like you were saying eric a little bit of both or maybe a little bit more of the Jamie that Brienne knows and understands. And so I definitely think he, he knows how people view him. And so I think he'll, he'll play that up when it helps him and works to his advantage. But do you guys think that he really has those feelings for Brienne? Cause I know we make jokes about it, but they were face to face again after not being face to face for a long time. And she offered him Oathkeeper, and a lot of that conversation was ambiguous. I know that shippers will have a lot of fun time with it, but I mean, is there is there real compassion there? Like, Eric, do you really think that he's in love, or is that just is is no, it just funny? It's no. It, okay, what I what I think is he has a a very unexpected human connection with someone that he did not expect to have a human connection with. Like these scenes, sure, the shippers can rejoice uh, if if there are still people who would you know, classify themselves as shippers these days. What I think I mean to say, uh, you know, regarding that scene, regarding Jamie is he has spent all of his time since slaying Ares, uh, pretending to be this giant jackass. And sometimes he excels at that, like with Ned Stark in the courtyard. Um, let's not forget, never forget Ned and or Bran. Jamie. 2k 10 uh yeah and and <laughs> jamie and uh jamie and brand 2k 10 those terrible it events have quite the same ring to it's it. not the same i'm ring. trying i'm trying but, i respect uh, it you know he, he's put on he's put up that front but he's found somebody who he genuinely can't be that person with she's through and it's because they literally relied on each other to save each other's lives uh you know a couple seasons ago and uh, she respects him as a knight she does, yeah, and no one, and, no, and that comes again. That's uh, what, what's the word? Unconditional, uh, and I. So I think there's a lot of unconditional love between them, but it's from shared experience, and they're just each other's shoulder, shoulder, 
Thank you, Micah. Buddy, no, but you know. She also knows the truth, which I think is important, right? She knows that he sacrificed his reputation, essentially, to save an entire city. And I think that that's huge in how she views him now versus how she viewed him when they first met. I think she's been able to break through the armor a little bit of, of who he is as a person. And that is what has allowed them to make this connection. In addition to what you're saying, Eric, the, the shared experiences that they've had over those seasons where they had to rely upon each other for survival, right? Jamie didn't have to go back to Harren Hall and, and, and save her, but he chose to. And maybe that there's just that it's, it's a little bit deeper than friendship. I think between the two of them, um, it's, it's not sort of the brotherly relationship he has with Tyrion <laughs> nor the relationship he has with Cersei. But I think those are the people that we see him most closely connected to in the series, right? He can't even right. get a proper friendship with Bronn. Uh, Bronn is ready to, you know, toss him to the side at this point <laughs> for all the promises that he has yet to fulfill. So, Going back to you know, the initial question and, and your original response, I agree it's a bit of both. He's a bit of a pompous ass, but there's also another side to him. And I think, you know, as we've talked about on the show in the past, as we've gone and we've read the books and we've seen things from his perspective, we develop a completely different perspective of our own on who he is and the ability for George to write characters such that you know, we have completely different feelings on them six seasons after when we initially met them and that we're actually in their corner and we're cheering for them. We want them to be successful. But I think a bit of the old Jamie did appear. And that's not to say that it's fake. I think it's real. I think he's both the guy who threw Bran out the window. There's, he can still tap into that, right? And he's also the, the, guy, the same guy who let Brienne and, and, and Pod row away to safety. Mm -hmm. This ties in nicely to Alba Stark commented on Watchers and said, I think that Brienne... Mm -hmm. <laughs> Alba. Cursed child. <laughs> Let's not get into it. Um, there are I, two episodes of MuggleCast for that now. <laughs> I can't listen. I can't wait uh, to listen. Please don't. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> you don't want to spoil it. Alba Stark from Watchers says, I think that Brienne's Jamie and Cersei's Jamie are, to a certain extent, different people. Brienne's Jamie is more the Jamie that he idealistically perceived he would become when he said his knight's vows and joins the Kingsguard. While Cersei's Jamie is the mythical Kingslayer, a man who will do whatever she asks he needs to decide who's jamie he really is that's a good point this time last week we were hoping he would head north with his men or at least even by himself just with brianna Patrick. i know that, that was a moonshot isn't that but... what he's supposed to be doing though aren't the men who were just not slain from river run supposed to be allowed to travel northward now is that something that i mean essentially i was curious why brienne peaced out this was unclear to me uh, I mean, I assume it was for their own safety, but at the same time, if the men of River Run weren't slaughtered, why aren't they taking them with them? Yeah, I'm interested to see what they have left to do, and and Jamie as well, because I think he basically has two options: to follow Brienne, which I don't think he's going to do, judging by that wave, or to head back to King's Landing to his sister, like he was telling Edmure. And if he does, what's he going to go back to? Mm -hmm. another comment mess. i wanted to read another comment because people had a lot of good things to say about this and annie on watcher said the real jamie is the guy who took out the mad king partly because he said he would burn them all 
He will arrive back in King's Landing just in time to realize his sister is a mad queen and have to take her out too. Uh, Which I think brings up an interesting point and brings up a point that has come up again and again, which is Jamie being the one to kill Cersei. Yeah. When Hmm. they consistently say, you know, it's you and me against the world and we're the only two that matter. But when you put that to the test, I think Jamie's not going to be able to live with that for the same reasons as he killed the Mad King, right? It's not right. It is not just to burn everything down because you lost. Uh, and if he does return to in, in time to find Cersei doing that, it's he he might be obligated to put an end to it. And we may even see, hell, I don't know, murder-suicide? He still, you know, they draw their last breaths together because he killed her, but then quickly killed himself, injured, mortally wounded himself. Could we see that happening this season even at the end? I hope not. I hope Jamie doesn't (laughs) commit suicide. I know that the episode 10 description uh, basically lays out that that's when Cersei, uh, the trial is happening and we can guess that that's when all the the chips are going to fall. So maybe Jamie has episode nine to ride a horse southward. Or he could just little finger his way there. Wow. <laughs> <And then portal laughs> teleport system. Portal opens mm-hmm. up. Yeah. Glass candles, man. Please. Oh, yeah. I think that the, uh, the last question that we have here before we you know, move on to what I think is the best part of the show, which is the owns. Just saying. We can't not touch on this before the the episode this upcoming Sunday talking about the Battle of the Bastards. Who's going to live? Who's going to die? Who falls in love? And how the adventure finally ends? No, that's that's an old throwback. <laughs> that's not even your, that that's like not even your fucking book. Wow. That is a deep cut, Mike Cannibal. Uh, that is a deep cut. You're a good man. So, uh, yeah. No, I, look, it looks great. The preview's awesome. I'm sure... We're going to get more uh, stills. Every magazine cover is hype. Yeah. It, it's, it's the Battle of the Bastards 2K16. We're not getting Clegane Ball anytime soon, but hopefully this Hannah will suffice. Uh, what what do we think is the ultimate outcome of of this battle? Is it as simple as just saying... At the end of episode nine, the Starks are going to retake Winterfell. Ghost kills Ramsay, 2K16. <laughs> Finally, Ghost gets, uh, instead His of a kill. dire wolf, getting offed. You know what? John John and Ghost have both killed enough people. I want to see Rickon, uh, you know, one-legged Rickon at this point, get up and uh, <laughs> and get some revenge, right? Some stinking uh, like stuff walnuts down Ramsay's throat. Yeah, yes. he would. Yeah, death on walnuts. I want to see that, or like the ghost of old Nan, or, or the uh, ghost of High Heart. You know, or the ghost. Yeah, respecting mm-hmm. the North. Yeah, yeah, that's not gonna happen. I don't think Rickon's gonna make it out alive. Sam, I think that he. I mean, he's in. He's not in a good spot. Is it because it's been six seasons and they've never clearly shown what his fate or purpose might be? <laughs> I thought like, you were going to say they've never clearly shown what his face looks like. <laughs> <laughs> well, that too. Yeah, he's that also too. <laughs> aged a couple of years since the last time we saw him. I just think that he's an easy Stark to kill. Wasn't there a scene in the in the crypts where Rickon was talking about also having dreams, and that was in the yeah. show as well? I mean, that's pretty cool. I would love to see Bran essentially take Rick. Bran makes it back to Winterfell. Oh, I would yeah. love to see them, you know, him training 
We we should have more brand this season. I mean, at least, but but that would probably fall towards episode ten if they can't get away with showing it next week when we're in the north. You know, I, but I want to. You know, if Brand could take Rickon under his wing, ha ah, 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 <laughs> ah, 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 uh, and you know, try and show him how to do some green sight stuff. Mm. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with with both Hannah and Zach. I I really. Just given the fact that he's been in Ramsey's captivity, who knows what condition he's in right now, or, or just, you know, the fact that he's a captive of the most insane character that exists on the show and Roars? That he's saying something. <laughs> well, even Rorge uh, has something to aspire to in Ramsey. <laughs> so. I just, uh, but I'm thinking through all these characters that, are, that have that have now sort of come together, that are here for this battle. You have Ramsey on one side. There's not really any notable characters. You know, we have the Umbers, but but really nobody that's overly notable on his side, at least that I can think of. Uh, and then you have John. You have Davos. You have Tormund. You have One One. You have Melisandre. Sansa. Uh, Sansa, yeah, you you have potential for Littlefinger and and the Knights of the Vale, the Riders uh, of Rohan, <laughs> Brienne, right? Brienne Pod, you know, will Jamie head north? Probably not, but you know, who else could make an appearance that could save the day? You know, we've talked about the Vale, but we've also talked about the Reeds. We've talked about the Boltons being played by the the men of the North, right? Um, I don't know. It's, it's, there's so many possibilities here. Judging by the majesty and the grandeur of season six so far, because they have given us a lot. There's been a lot of payoff, and that usually doesn't happen until the second fold of the season. We've had bits here and there. I'm thinking specifically of episode four, season four, and we've gotten a lot of bits like that similarly in this season. But judging by the flow of season six, surely this episode will be about more than just visceral fight to fight and either John or Ramsey's camp winning. Right. Someone's going to show up. Something's going to happen. And I think that Sansa's letter Maybe not. to Sansa's letter to Littlefinger, which we have assumed is going to be the key to all of this. And it's going to be the thing that turns the tide for John and Sansa and Stark and company. I think that's going to be what saves them and what, wins the North back and, and what the repercussions will be for Sansa or for Littlefinger from that are up for debate. Um, but I definitely think that that is the major key here. We have the potential of our forces. Let's just say our forces being dwindled enough for Littlefinger to arrive and to have the upper hand on them all. Yeah. What do you guys think that's about a that? Point. That's a, that's a terrifying thought. It's less terrifying than, Ramsey Bolton having yeah, ultimately, rain yes. over the north. I mean, yeah, but if Littlefinger's motives aren't 100% in line, he's going to do his own thing when both armies are weak. Well, at what point does he stop subverting what's happening? Like, At what point does he go, okay, I've pretty much climbed to the top of the pile, King's Landing may be in ruins by the next episode. Like, At what point does he actually have a real ally? Uh, yeah, I don't know. And Sansa promises him a reward. And I think that what that could be is an interesting question about Littlefinger's motives and desires. I think there's this idea that she's promising or thinking of promising like her hand in marriage or something like that. Or a knife in the belly. Right. Hand in marriage, wink, wink. 
And then she killed <laughs> Yeah, let's not forget she was also trained by him in some ways during her time at the Vale. So to deceive. Yeah, I, I still would, think Sansa's gonna be his undoing. Yeah. yeah. And just yeah. think about how she for whatever reason, and I'm still not clear on her inability to trust John with pieces of information. I, I don't get that dynamic of their relationship, especially given that they haven't seen each other in years. Uh and and they're really the only hope that each other has. I I think everything's on the table here. I, I it's it's going to be interesting how it all plays itself out. I'm really looking forward to watching it. Uh, but I personally can't see Ramsey escaping this. I mean, I think the alternative would be for John to go. And I mean, if that happens, the, the, like millions of television sets across <laughs> I the quit. world are going to get turned off. So <laughs> yeah. I'm just being real. So <laughs> I, I mean, imagine that. I mean, imagine if that happens. Yeah. I know there's the, there's the teaser yeah. in the trailer that he says to Melisandre about don't bring me back. But I mean, come on. A question that I had, I don't know what you guys think about this, is if one of the larger northern houses will play a role in this in the sense of turning reeds. either the reeds coming in or the umbers or Karstarks turning on ramsey and help them helping mm. john from the inside I I, so. what the odds of that are it would be really nice to get a juxtaposed like helen reed ned stark tower of joy you know conclusion while oh, like john snow is winning a battle give it to us know? right like just let us it. have that here's this Make is the john snow episode feel like i understand it means Detroit, like going to bran uh and That's then going, cool. to, going to dorne but uh, you know, what if it doesn't happen in That's episode the door that 10? I like. What if it happens in, in, in episode nine while John is fighting, we're learning about his uh his backs, like his true origins, like that would be very losty, yeah. but pretty cool. I think it'd be cool. I mean yeah. we we're we gotta learn it in the next two episodes, right? <laughs> I'm Maybe. just saying episode nine is Hard Homes director Miguel Sapochnik from last year. Oh it's God. gonna be He's not gonna mess around. Awesome. I mean, if you make a village that exciting, let's talk about the exterior of Winterfell with all of these people. <laughs> yeah, you, you've you, you've done you've seen the village. Now check out the field. Um, <laughs> I mean, somehow this is I think that's a back been, step, but we'll see. <laughs> this is the episode we've been waiting for since the beginning of the season, since before the season started, and we've talked so much about this battle for the North, mm-hmm. and it's finally here. Because we were able to see John and, and his man bun running into <laughs> because a we, battle. Because we knew that he was back. Froze the trailer frame by yep. frame so we could see <laughs> John. One other fighting. family, too, that we haven't talked about much is the Manderleys. And I know, at least from what I remember, I think that Wyman Manderley was cast. So could he and his army play a role in what happens in the next episode? I hope that whatever roles are played, Ramsey's defeated, not swiftly, but slowly and surely, and that the episode is more than just some gratuitous violence, but it has plot and it feels great. That's what I'm I'm, I'm wishing for. I, I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to be awesome. There really isn't a death that's actually fitting for Ramsey at this point, I don't think. Like anything, I, I hate to like be, be all negative about the next episode, but there, there's no way that Ramsey could die that I would think was like... I mean, this is just hypothetical, but like truly fitting because I want to see, I mean, uh, unless they flay him, you know, 
peel his skin off one by one, you know, one piece by piece. Like, but that you just end up becoming the <laughs> enemy. Horrifying. Just give him to your own Greyjoy as his dusky man down in the deck. We'll take that. I mean, just, yeah, but then he'll escape. <laughs> like, if they keep him alive, it's likely he'll escape. So it's like you have to kill him, but any death that you could improvise quickly would kill him too quickly for what I think he's deserved. So I'll be interested Honestly, to see how they, they handle that. Him being out of the picture is good enough for me. He's good. I was like, yeah, okay. I'll what, take what that. If, what if 1-1 one, one takes one side of him and Ghost takes the other and they rip him apart? Ooh, that That's could a be good. big hashtag, pal. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> you forgot the 2K16. 1-1 one, one takes one half and Ghost takes the other half, 2K16. Now, there's Believe my 140 it. characters. Yeah, that's someone's whole own. <laughs> well, you know how we feel. We're interested to know how you feel. We're going to move on to owns. And every moment that is between this sentence and the next is a moment that we're closer to Sunday night and the Battle of the Bastards. 2K16. <laughs> Our first own comes from at Buffalo MJ on Twitter, who says, "My own goes to Tommen for single-handedly destroying my dreams." Hashtag <laughs> Cleganable Two K Sixteen. Hashtag Get Hype. Hashtag Get Sad. Mm. At Ben the Analyst says, "Own to the Mountain for being so overpowered they had to change the rules." No kidding. <laughs> Heathen King, King of All Heathens, own to Tobias Menzies for acting their shit out of the Edmer slash Jamie scene. Jamie felt not just evil but Tywin esque. Brienne of Tarth at Beauty Brienne. My own goes to the Hound, his bargaining abilities, and his pragmatic fashion sense. (laughs) (laughs) Those boots look great. At Elizabeth Bird, own goes to Jamie's not so subtle foreshadowing about how a mom would burn cities to ash. Hashtag go by King's Landing. Hashtag burn baby burn. All right. Uh, Adam Dennison says own to Tyrion for his Westerosi version of a horse walked into a bar joke. And own to Arya for having Wolverine's ability to heal. Yeah. <laughs> Julia Lee, the own has to go to the entire broad slash pod scene. Who wasn't smiling that whole time? Hashtag broad. Hashtag just missing Tyrion. I was smiling. Me too. Caroline at Caroline Gracie on Twitter. A girl is Arya Stark of Winterfell. Can it get more own worthy than that? I don't know how to lowercase anymore. <laughs> Two parts right. Own to Arya for giving the waif the Marin Trance special. Hashtag I stabbed out of the throat. I'm Arya Stark. Hashtag get high. Brandon Dursley says own yes! goes to Danny for giving yes! everyone the look my mom gives when I was home all day and didn't do my chores. Hashtag grounded. <laughs> Illyrio Dukakis owned Averis for dumping his Miranese timeshare at just the right time. Looks like Danny and Tyrion have no choice but to short sell. <laughs> Small council member John Webster tweets, and we nearly didn't read this on our show, Own goes to a girl who is Arya Stark and her secret number one fan. It's no it, secret. It's not wow. so secret. Smiley, winky face. <laughs> <laughs> Sam A. Sipe, owed to the hound for still being ride or die for them chickens. Hashtag finger looking good. Hashtag no one. Yes. Uh, Lauren Kaufman, owned to the producers for setting up Lady Stoneheart and then going, just kidding, here's Beric Tondarian. <laughs> Gary Manis, the Manis. Tyrion owned all of us with a huge tease to the brothel jackass and honeycomb punchline from season one. I know. Steph Nelson, my heart was owned by Jamie. Quote, it's yours. It will always be yours. Hashtag, he's talking about his heart. <laughs> At a dragon demands says entire Edmure Jamie scene. I squeed that they introduced from the books that Edmure got 
Roslyn pregnant, new generation of Tullys. Angelie B. owned to the Blackfish for being the best Tully in River Run until Edmure did what he does best. Hashtag cat, your brother's an idiot. <laughs> oh, no! Karen Dean, if anyone isn't giving their own to Arya Stark, they are wrong. Hashtag with the pointy end. Hashtag Arya Hound Reunion 2K16. Ariza Cox. We are Ariza. Ariza Cox. <laughs> Sorry. Cone <laughs> goes to Thoris of Mir for rocking that man bun plus beard combo. Better than any ironic hipster ever could. Hashtag Game of Oats. He looked great. Clark Matthews, my own goes to Benioff and Weiss for crushing all my theories in one episode. Hashtag R.I.P. Stoneheart. Hashtag R.I.P. Serio is Jackin. Hashtag R.I.P. Cleganebowl. Truth. Mm. Zach Witt owned Tyrion's sweaty stand-up showcase. Hashtag Instalite. <laughs> hashtag Unsullied Funnies. Hashtag Drowning Translators. Hashtag I Make Joke. Marlene Montooth, own goes to Lady Crane, Medicine Woman, who took Arya from Should Be Dead to Parkour Champ overnight. <laughs> hashtag Mad Skills. Mike Moss, owned to Kyburn's Little Birds for their sleuthing abilities. <gasps> Those children found the wildfire. Hashtag rumors spreading like wildfire. Hashtag Kyburn's <laughs> Candy Corner kills Tommen. 2K16. With diabetes. Yeah. <laughs> diabetes. Uh, Courtney Waters owned to Braun for shipping Jamie and Brienne as hard as we do. And because Hannah couldn't read it, Hodgedog. <laughs> 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 says my own goes to the hound appropriately so for inspiring me not to be shit at dying when the time comes <laughs> truth here's a note from watchers alba stark remember her oh and on the matter of owns and my very first one has to go to the departed blackfish the only member of the river run garrison that had the intelligence to figure out that they were being played by jamie lanster and who in spite of his refusal to obey edmer's orders clearly had family on his mind when he was able to figure out from reading her letter that sansa is very much her mother's daughter that was a sweet moment that was over on facebook faith silly love song dunning my second owns ever. You know, we hear a lot of first owns ever, but thanks, <laughs> thanks Faith. My second owns ever. This is, believe me, it's as grand as the first. Uh, we hope that you continue to own us. Faith, my second owns ever goes to Arya of House Stark from Winterfell. This is secretly in all caps, but I'm not reading it that way. Uh, who is taking her boss as home. There we go. <laughs> and owns to Drogo for dropping his mom off at home and going about his business. LOL. He is going to help or not. Nah. Call Drogo's back? I have no idea what season this girl's on, but thank you, Faith. Caitlin, hence my own goes to all the fans who thought of more interesting Arya theories than the showrunners. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Arya is ambidextrous. Hashtag who's blind now. Hashtag a girl is Arya Stark. Felicia Perez, my own goes to Kyburn's Candy Corner for checking out that super secret cache of wildfire giving me some of my hype back after Tommen mercilessly slayed all of my Clegane Ball hype. Hashtag Cersei blows up the Sept 2K16. Please. I think Cersei accidentally blows up a whole lot more than the Sept 2K16. Victoria Meyer. My own goes to Arya. I mean, Jack and Hagar has given her the chance to leave all that shit that happened behind, but she stayed loyal to her family and is still our Arya. I think I wouldn't be that strong. May the Starks rule the North. I hope Jon will become the King of the North. Heart. Ross Serna. When they showed the Brotherhood without Banner scene, along with the Hound, did anybody kind of think they were going to show Lady Stoneheart? Although we already know that they wouldn't, lol. It was too yeah. bright. 
Yeah. Calling Henry my first own goes to the High Sparrow, who just tipped his Game of Thrones playing hand, forcing Cersei to trial by the Seven, possibly allowing Tommen's true parentage to be revealed, resulting in the Faith Militant to seize the throne. Derek Jensen, owned to the Hound for teaching a few assholes in the Brotherhood how a real man <laughs> chops wood. Hashtag, those were your last words. Hashtag, you're shit at dying. Jason Nocera, how do you not give the own to Arya for kicking the waif's ass and finding herself? I actually yelled, yes, when she told Jack and who she is. I have to give a bonus own to the hound for not having lost his taste for chicken. Hashtag, got chicken. Hashtag, high septon on... Hashtag high step to one step ahead of Cersei. Hashtag Dr. Franken Mountain's headache cure. Hashtag Dragon Taxi Service. <laughs> taxi Service. T- and, the, and the hashtag owns keep piling on. Janny Marie says, my own this week goes to the audience of Game of Thrones for their wishful thinking and inspiring theories of what could have happened on this week's episode. Hashtag Arya in Fight Club. Hashtag Arya is dreaming. Hashtag Arya gets saved by a resurrected Serial Pharrell. All better plots than what I saw last night. Sorry, Game of Thrones, your first hashtag big blunder. Hashtag Maisie, you're still the best. Loaded. Controversy. Jeff Lightfoot says, own to Braun for opening up Pod's eyes to how to really survive the coming fight. Hashtag your shoes untied. Smack. Also, if Jamie and Bran end up on opposite sides in an eventual battle, so do Pod and Braun. How horrible would that be? Stop, Jeff. Stop. Ashley Payne, own to the director for trolling us hard with those suspiciously purposeful river close-ups as the hound took a piss. <laughs> what a cock tease for a last-minute Stoneheart appearance. Hashtag you got me. Hashtag... My watch has ended. Tom Stitzo, my own goes to the hound for nabbing those shit kickers while those shits were still kicking. Hashtag his dogs were barking. (laughs) Nice one, Tom. Daryl K. Patterson, my own goes to the unsullied soldier that was the first to bow and what a magnificent bow it was to let us all know what the is up. Misa is home. Yeah, she is. Chad Sentman, this episode owned me for once again interrupting Tyrion's story of the donkey and the honeycomb in the brothel. Hashtag sweet Robin. Hashtag what happened next. Jeff Tuttle says, my own goes to the hound for always reminding me that eating dinner while watching the show is a really bad idea. Yeah. The axe to the groin put an early end to my meal. Hashtag, mm. I put that shit on everything. <laughs> <Hashtag sound effects. laughs> Bob Capucia, owned of the Brothers Without Banners for making the hound eat something other than chicken. Hashtag what? No chicken. Hashtag Ghost Kills Ramsey 2K16. Yeah. Love it. Joe Nieto, owned a brawn and his mastery of the understatement. Pod and his magic penis. And the hound for going off the menu. Hashtag excuse me while I whip this out. Angela Birmingham owned to bandages and soup for their magical Arya Stark healing properties. Hashtag stabbed three times and jumped out a window. Hashtag not today. And Jolie Johnson owned goes to Arya for fighting through the pain and putting on a performance that rivals MJ playing with the flu and Isaiah Thomas <laughs> playing with a sprained ankle. Hashtag stan- stab wound can't stop me. Callie Durr, owned to Masande, whose joke at least got more laughs than any recent Adam Sandler movie. Hashtag Grey Worm Masande is greater than hashtag Jack and Jill. Hashtag Bad Movies Kill Ramsey 2K16. Hashtag Shots Fired. <laughs> oh, man. We never talked about his Adam Sandler Grey movies. Well, yeah, <laughs> that, what, what number does this one. person have against Adam Sandler? Like, what the fuck? That's random. <laughs> Number two, Grey Worm, the way he looks at Sunday. Yeah. Just, like, think about it. I put a picture of it at the top of our notes. <laughs> Crystal Spires, negative owns to this soft-ass king. It's an image of Tommen with a crown on the steps of Baylor with a hashtag over the top of it saying, Hype Slayer. Damon Palika own goes to off-camera where everything awesome happened in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Greg Thompson says, my own goes to Brienne and Podrick for shamelessly pulling a Gendry. 
Hashtag Gendry down the stream. Hashtag see you again in season seven. <laughs> and the final own of this episode. I know it's sad it's over. It's from Johnny Gons. Own goes to Sir Jamie Lannister for introducing the kid catapult. Hashtag Fisher Price is all in. Hashtag Edmure Catapult kills <laughs> Ramsey 2K16. That was it. That was it. Those were the owns for episode eight of Game of Thrones. Ah, we're we're nearing the end. There's three chances left this season to give your owns. Of course, the third chance is the owns of the season, which we typically do. Uh, start thinking about that, of course. But I have a feeling that whatever happens next this season uh, may take the cake. But uh, if you want to send us your owns, you can do so one of three ways, typically. The first way is over Twitter, twitter.com slash gameofowns, at replyus, at gameofowns, with your own uh, after each episode. Also, we call for them, we ask for them, same as uh, our Facebook. Scroll upon our Facebook wall at facebook.com slash gameofowns. And, of course, you can email us. Our email address is contact at gameofowns.com. And feel free to make friends with each other, because we only have the time to read something like 3% of your owns on these episodes each week. There are plenty of ridiculous things out there and also some very poignant and uh, heartwarming things in some cases, right? Yeah, search uh, search at replies just on Twitter and see what other people are saying to us, even if we yeah. haven't retweeted it. It's, a chances are you'll, you'll laugh a lot. And uh, speaking of laughing a lot, I know that uh, all of our patrons over at patreon.com slash goo have a good time laughing while listening to our Squad of Ice and Fire it is Hannah's favorite podcast. <laughs> yep. I don't know how this even started. <laughs> but either. You can check out uh, the Squad of Ice and Fire podcast over on our Patreon. It's a little bit of uh, fun, lightheartedness. You can, if you so choose, become a member of our small council, just like uh, John Webster, who we read and owned from earlier. Uh, we are like you loving the piss out of him mm. uh, every once in a while. We're but, actually uh, hanging out with John. He's coming to GeekyCon this summer. Nice. Mm-hmm. I look forward to spending the entire con away from everyone else just trying to convince him that the Arya plot last night sucked. <laughs> I think that's what it's going to take. We're doing a lot at GeekyCon this summer. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, a very special friend of ours, David J. Peterson, will be in attendance. There's also some other interesting Game of Thrones guests. And we're just excited to, uh, I think, <laughs> more so than most, spend time with each other person to person this summer some more. We have a few convention things planned that we'll announce as usual as these months dwindle. But it's a, it's a good time right now because there's two episodes left of, of the season and uh, several episodes of our podcast to dig into. And I just, I have this, this feeling that we're going to be left with so many more questions than we've ever had, even though it feels like we're momenting, that's not a word, toward the end of something. I think that it's just going to be a lot of emotional, excitable conversations this summer. And with the uh, season winding down as we head towards the finale, there is uh, one other way that you can interact with the show leave your feedback that is over on itunes it is the middle of the month of june and nothing less than five stars is acceptable still it's been our policy for many years now we're not going to change it Uh, so uh, we do appreciate you taking the time to rate and review the show Uh, we will read a few uh, in the coming episodes we did a few episodes back but uh, we do appreciate it and the reason why is it lets other prospective listeners know uh, as they go and look for podcasts about game of thrones that uh, we exist and so yeah that's all i got please 
So uh, Sunday night, Mike is going to be tweeting. I think we'll all be collectively joining hands as the... I don't know, man. I might be focused on the episode. <laughs> I'm like pretty stressed. <laughs> I might have to shut down Twitter for the night. Uh, maybe we'll go quiet in the realm. I'm not sure. We'll see. So that's it. Join us for the Battle, the battle of the Bastards. Of the Bastards. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> Goodbye. Let's go yeah. for MZ2K16. Bye.